Hey, welcome everybody to uh, podcast number 66. I'm your host, Kerry Kreitz. Uh, this is presented by Five Pin Universe. Uh, we have a pretty special guest on here this uh, this week. He was uh, a player of the year on the WCBT. But uh, first of all, we want to thank All Star Bowling Sales for sponsoring the month of June once again. Uh, we will run their commercial and then we'll introduce our guests. Hey guys, so we have our regular cast, uh, Dexter Wiseman, Tim Wiseman, and uh, the infamous Hall of Famer, Adam Weber. <laughs> and uh, our special guest of the special guest of the day is uh, once, like I mentioned, WCBT Player of the Year, 2016 Regina Classic Open Champion, and he won a Masters Singles title. Len and Seth. How's it going, guys? <laughs> hey, buddy, how's it going? Uh, so, Lenny, so our first topic for you, um, if people haven't seen you on the lanes, is uh, obviously your approach speed. Dexter is uh, notoriously quick on the lanes, but uh, I do believe you are the one to beat. If it's not you, it's Mike Herbert. Um, could you just give us a little insight how that started and um, why you compete that way? Um, I've always thrown fast. Never really – I've never – I've never really considered myself a fast bowler, but uh, I've always thrown fast and for no reason other than if I stand up there for a few seconds, I start getting nervous. I start shaking. So it was a way for me to calm my nerves. Um, but when I really started playing fast, I guess was uh, would have been the year that I won the uh, um, master singles. I was playing in the final and I was playing against Mark Jackson and uh, it was not pretty. He was crushing me. It was, it was not good. And uh, it got to the point where I was just, utterly humiliated and I thought oh my god this is embarrassing let's get out of here as quick as possible so I just started throwing as fast as I can because I was just I wanted to be out of there and then lo and behold I got on a little roll and then I I did pick up on the fact that faster I was throwing it seemed to be a little bit affecting his game I don't know you know and then after that I afterwards I just started thinking well you know what it's I like throwing fast I don't so then I just I try to do it more often and I, I was really shocked at how uh at how other people seem to they, they, they seem to get thrown by it and they think that somehow you're doing it intentionally. And it's just like, well, I can throw slow, but I throw better when it's fast. And, uh, yeah, I practice like when I, if I practice, I practice really monotonously, really slow. You might mistake me for Adam. I'm actually thinking, but when I'm playing a game, when I'm playing a game, I don't want to, uh, I don't want to think about anything. I just, if you, if you got it, trust it and let it go. Yeah. Uh, for me, if I'm not going fast, then I'm telling myself, you're not trusting your shots, so you're not confident. So if I'm confident, I, I, you know, if I'm ready to throw the ball now, let's throw it now. But I am I am an impatient guy. Um, my family's that way. Uh, my, I, I, my brother bowls. He might be faster than me. Uh, we go on the golf course. We're playing the golf course. You pull that pin, there's four balls rolling towards a cup. <laughs> we don't, we're, we're, yeah, we're impatient. Let's get it over with. <laughs> good, good or bad, like if I'm playing a match against somebody, I, I obviously like to win, but uh, I, I'm more interested in how's it going to turn out. So I want to get it over as quick as I can. Win or lose, I want to let's go. Yeah. Do you do you find it really easy to get on a roll that way? Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Like because that's all I all I really bowl on is on feel. So if it's you know once once I found it and I got that feeling in my head, I'm thinking, no, you, you know what? This you're you're feeling you got it right now, and it's probably only going to last a half hour. So if it's only going to last a half hour, let's get as many balls in as we can. Well, that's <laughs> good feeling there. Oh, <laughs> you <know>? TMI. Do, <laughs> do, do other pieces of plays uh, of the other players affect your style at all? 
Uh, yeah, if anything, I, I seem to have trouble with people that play a little faster. Like, uh, I, I like, like, I also don't like being in the pit. I like, you know, I throw my balls and I'm a pacer and I walk around. So what I usually do is I get into a routine in a, in a tournament and I'll be throwing the ball and I'll know who I'm playing and how long they usually take. So I'll mark out a path and pace it and I'll usually walk the same way. And I know when he's shooting, I'm, I'm listening. I don't ever want to watch them shoot, but I'm listening. And there'll be times where I'll be like, no, I really need a break here. And then as you're walking away, you know, you might hear a plink in your head. You're thinking, perfect. And then you just keep walking or whatever. But when I'm doing that and I'm getting used to it, and then I play with somebody who's playing faster than I expect, um, I don't have time to get my thoughts and my ready for my shot. Like I'm kind of going through a pre-shot routine as I'm pacing. And then all of a sudden it'll be like, oh, you're up. And yeah, then all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I better go. And I'm not really ready to throw that ball, but I'll get up there because it's my turn type of thing. So yeah. <laughs> If anything, somebody throwing too fast, like don't get me wrong, somebody throwing slow, it'll annoy me, but it won't throw me off. See, I remember I, I was playing Mitch once on nine and ten at uh, Gold Mile, uh, Regina Classic. I think it was the second round. I think it was the sixteens, and I think we were in the second game, and we were we were we were actually you know uh, par across the board. I think we just started the second game, right? I think everybody else was, and you and Herbert were already finished. Yeah, yeah, and it was and, and it wasn't it wasn't even a barn burner. You guys were like seven fifty, seven fifty. It wasn't even like spectacular. Yeah. And me and Mitch looked at each other, and you guys, you know what? You guys are you guys are messed. Like you guys aren't <laughs> you guys aren't even like it's yeah. Okay, just go take off your shoes, and you're like okay, yeah, whatever. Like <laughs> yeah. I, had, I, know that, I know that that match against Mike was a quick match. Um, yeah. I know in the past I've had an extremely fast match um, with uh, uh, Jimmy Llewellyn. Hmm. Yeah. Jimmy Llewellyn, I was playing him at a tournament once, and uh, yeah, I'm sure it was at the KG, and I'm sure uh, I don't even think we I don't even think we had to quit. Like I think we might have uh, we might have uh, played the three things, and I think there was a match that was still in the first right first game. I mean, like they were they were not done, and yeah, that was probably one of the fastest matches I had been in. But, yeah. So yeah, hmm. I totally agree with absolutely everything you said. Like, like, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm like, this, these are the exact thoughts that go through my head. I don't watch people bowl. Uh, I'll walk around. I'll find somebody else to talk to, or walk up top, or whatever. Um, and and I'll I'll do my thinking before I get onto the lanes and go. I I'm I'm quick for the exact same reasons. It's just that you know not, I know what I'm doing. I, I I have like one or two thoughts while I'm walking, but I don't I don't need I don't need everything beforehand. It's just get up there, go, let it let it happen naturally. You know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like I and I to be totally honest with you, I often a little bit curious wonder. Like I, I wonder to myself, um, like you know, Adam, what, I don't know what's going through your head, but I'm just sitting back going, yeah. Like I don't want to. Uh, I always got that feeling. Like I get a feeling like if I take my time or if I concentrate, like I basically don't aim for the. I don't aim for the uh, a pocket, the left or right. I aim right. I'm I'm going for the nose of the head pin. Trusting that I'm going to have good roll on the ball, you know, let it go, and it's going to work. But when I take, if I take a second or I take a time and think, I, it just seems like nine out of ten times I'm going to punch. If I take too long, I'm going to punch. In fact, I like having a habit. I like going up on the lanes, standing there, and going on feel. So, you know, somebody asks you, well, what do you do when you get a head pin? I swear. Like, what, what kind of adjustment do you make? I swear, because I don't even, how can I make an adjustment? I don't know where I was standing. <laughs> I don't look. If I look down, I'll actually walk up in the lane. If I look down to see where my feet are, I'll usually walk back off because I'm like, that's not the way to do it. Just get up there, look at. I'll look at where I want to hit, and just feel in the lanes. And if it's like 
Well, that's where I want to aim, but I feel like I should move over left. I just trust me. I, you learn to trust yourself. I sit down and say, your body knows what it needs to do, and you just learn to trust it. Yeah. So that's worked for me. Like I, you know, I just don't, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do if I was taking my time. That's why I'm saying, I don't know what to think. So if I'm up there for more than a second and a half, all that's going through my head is, Holy God, why are you still standing here? Throw the ball. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's all, that's all that's going through my head. Yeah. I, I don't know. I maybe Adam can attest. Uh, for me, it's not, it's not what's going through my head. I think it's just the feeling in my body. Like I, if I, if I, when I'm up there and I'm taking my time, it's not, it's not okay. I'm, I have to do this. I have to do that. It's like, it's just how your feet feel in your shoes sometimes or, or how your, your body's feeling when you go like, I, or how, how your elbows are or, 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 or how, or how my elbows are feeling. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you guys. Um, but it, it, that's what it is. Right. And I, I think it's just, just how you feel adjustment on or how you're, how you're set. I has nothing to do with, or, or how I'm breathing maybe not through my elbows, but I think that's where it is more um, than than what I'm thinking, right? Does that make sense? I didn't because if you're up if you're up there being like, okay, I gotta slow first step, I gotta follow through. Has you're you're not doing that. You shouldn't be doing that up on the lanes, right? So right, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm telling you, man. Like I get up onto the approach and I plant my feet. I just feel like this ball of energy, like right in my chest, and it's it's just. It's just moving up, and if I don't go, it's like where's it gonna go? Like I can't sit there and wait because I'll I'll explode. I can't do it. No. Yeah, like I, I, I uh, yeah. It's just I think I think for me the quicker the pace is just a good way for me to control my nerves, not to let them start controlling me. Do you do you find if uh, you're not on a roll and you're struggling a little bit, it does it take you more frames to get back on track or? Yeah, work? like, yeah, it, it, you know, I don't know. I, 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 I'm, I'm really bad that way because when I find it, I'm pretty happy, but I don't always know what the heck I did to find it. It's like, no, I got it now, and I know. But I do struggle. I struggle a lot more uh, in a team event, just because it's hard to, you know, it's hard to explain to your teammates that I just want to get up there and go, you know. I, I sit back there and I know that if I just get up there and go, it's going to look to them like, well, he doesn't give a shit. He's not trying type of thing. But so I worry about, oh, well, maybe I should take an extra second or do whatever on my team event. And then that seems to play havoc on me. And then, of course, you know, you want to you want to support your teammates. But, um, you know, for the, I, I've learned eventually now to do it. But for the longest time, I was telling the guys, well, you got two choices. I can sit in here and clap for you guys and throw a 250 for you average 250 for the tournament, or you can let me throw my ball, walk away, pace around like I do in a normal tournament. And I might average 280 for you, but I said, but I'm not, you know, I, I'll know exactly. I'll keep an eye on, you know, unlike when a cash tournament, when I'm playing somebody in a match play, I don't want to watch balls in a open or anything like that. I'm always watching my teammates. I just don't want to be in the pit. I, I feel, I feel like a caged animal in the pit. I just hate it. Um, I have a hard time. I had a hard time on CBC and TSNs. Why? Because they want you to sit and want. It's like, yeah, I don't like sitting down. I don't like sitting in between shots. I just that's not me. Um, so, I've always I've always had bad hips, and I don't like sitting down in between shots. So I I pace, and if I'm playing a tournament all day long, I I try to stay on my feet all day long. I don't want to sit down. So is that is that? Oh no, uh, we've been privyed in the past to see your uh, TSN uh, video. Um, is that part of the problem that you had with that? If, uh, if, no, no, I was just, I just, you know, 
I don't, I don't, I don't look for excuses. I was just shitty, and I went through the hole twice. <laughs> you know, I, I, I would like, I would like to say that's the worst moment of my bowling thing, but it, that, that probably doesn't make the top ten. I, I don't want that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, we, we all had a good laugh when, um, when Harry Schneider did that. Put that out on there. That was good. Yes. <laughs> well, instead of uh, focusing on one of your lowlights, I do have a little video here of your one of your highlights. Um, I'll set the stage here for you, Len, and I'll have you walk through it. Um, but it was you were playing Brad Moens in the final of the Regina Classic in 2016. Yeah. I do believe going into the last frame, all Brad needed was a mark to lock you out. And uh, I'll try and share the video here so you can watch it as we go. And our audience can watch it too. Hopefully, I can yeah. share some audio here for them. Too. And I know I'll tell you on this video before it, uh, when it was going, I was uh, telling, I was sitting talking to Glenn uh, Tarasov, and and I just wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. We were both bad this game, and I just didn't feel it. Mm -hmm. And it was the exact same thing I was telling you with uh, with uh, uh, playing against Mark Jackson, where I was just getting embarrassed. I was getting embarrassed here, and I just looked over at. Uh, Glenn and I said, I hope he goes up there and throws a strike. And he goes, why? I said, I just want him to end it. I said, because if I get up there, I'm going to embarrass myself. I said, I just don't have it. I just, I know it's not there for me today. And as soon as he, as soon as he did that, Glenn looked over, he goes, sorry, Len, you're going to have to throw. So that I knew when he said that, that I got a chance. Um, and I, uh, I didn't normally, like I am a scoreboard watcher. I, I know where I'm sitting. I know where I'm, and I know, I want to know what I need. And when he did that, I just remember telling myself, okay, if you got a chance, I don't know what I need, but I know I'm going to need, I, like, I know 30 ain't going to do it. I know I'm going to need yeah. 30 and then a hit, you know, and I didn't know what I needed. I really didn't. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all I was going after this, going up here. That's all I'm thinking to myself is let's just, let's just throw one, the first good shot. Um And in my head, I, I didn't really worry about the first shot. I thought the first shot that I would throw, I was really expecting to, uh, you know, do my usual thing and choke on the second shot. Like, That's yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, uh, according to the scores, you needed 40 to tie. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and you know, and I knew, I knew it was going to be something around there. So this first shot was a really good shot and I felt good about it. This next shot, it wasn't a good shot. I, uh, I threw it out in the lane a little farther and I just, I kind of threw a prayer out there, but it got answered. And I was like, oh, this is really fortunate. So then, and but then, then because I got felt like I got so lucky on that second shot, my last shot, I was doing exactly what Dex was saying, and I was just vibrating. I was so ner nervous. Yeah, yeah and for me, for me, totally that's weird. throwing it out there. You know, like it, it obviously not that, but I was just like, yeah. And coming back, I'm telling myself, wow, you got away with one. And then now it's finally sinking in. I know I've got a shot to win this tournament, but I still haven't looked up. And I want to look up, but I'm telling myself, <laughs> don't look up. You'll just choke. So yeah, I just know the next one. Yeah. And then there. And when when the crowd made the things, I'm setting my, my head going, well, I either just won or just lost, but I didn't really know yeah. which way it was. You know? So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah to end up throwing aces the win by one is <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Unreal. Yeah, pretty lucky. That's all that was. <laughs> if uh if uh if I was gonna be if I was gonna be based on skill level, there, you know. Brad shouldn't probably have to play game three, but it was, you know, I got lucky there. So yeah. Yeah. You can kind of see from the, the start of the game. So you guys were just punching your lights out, getting lots of splits, a few marks here and there, but 
yeah, it really wasn't the greatest game. But when it comes down to it, you you threw the triple going into the last shot and you need more than 10. And it was on the beak, but you could tell there was tons of rotation on it because yeah. it just busted the pins up. Yeah. And, and it's funny thing cool. is I, uh, I never gave it much thought. I bowled there lots. But after that, like I really focused on, I didn't pay attention. We played, I said, oh, I guess they play the final there every year in seven and eight. And then I started, and since then, I have never really played good enough set. <laughs> it's in, it's literally in my head now. Like it's kind of like three and four at your house. I, uh, no, it's I, know, I know that once, once I have a, like, I don't remember the good things. I remember all the bad things that happened. And I just like, I'll come to a lane. I'll be like, Oh God, here we go again. What's going to happen here? And it, <laughs> then it becomes a self-fulfilling thing, you know, but I, I realize it's the wrong train of thought, but uh, yeah, I can't stop myself from thinking that way. So. <laughs> Lenny, Lenny, but you you have superstitions everywhere. You you've mentioned to me like every like what every second or thirteen fourteen in or every second inside lane or something like that. You don't like or something. Um, I don't like. I I definitely have lanes where I I have lanes that I like in every like a set that I like. But what I what I find like and I said maybe it's all in my head, but I find like like I'm gonna I'm gonna go out um of a tournament like. Like I would say in Regina, like say Regina, I might have made the cut there. I don't know. Let's say I made the cut there nine times. So if if you're gonna if you're gonna be knocked out of the tournament, you know you've got 18 losses. Well, I'll be willing to bet you that my 18 losses are probably no more than on two, three different sets. It's like I just I sit back and say, yep, I'm gonna lose on one and two. If I'm playing somebody on one and two, there's a good chance I'm gonna lose. And another set, I know I'm gonna lose. So all of a sudden, if I play on one and two in a match and I beat somebody, then in my head right away, I'm starting thinking this might be your day. I think you might win yeah. this tournament because my God, you got that monkey yeah. off your back, you know, and you start thinking stuff like that. But I seem to get out of knocked out of tournaments on the same sets all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's 17, 18 at paradise lanes for me. That's it. <laughs> that eats me up. I don't get it. I ever since they uh, put the synthetics in over there, I tell you it was brutal there for a while. Um, but yeah, it's way better now. But yeah, I hated that set, seventeen eighteen. <laughs> I don't mind it, but the, the synthetics made it better. At least you don't have the hop in the lane anymore. Yeah, that that pull gets me all the time on the the approach too. I always yeah. end up having to move my spot over about a board board and a half just so my backswing doesn't catch it. That's a big <laughs> reason why I started playing right side all the time. Because yeah. I, I I never I never have to worry about a wall, never have to worry about a pillar, nothing. Never have to worry about any of that stuff. Yeah, don't have to worry my, about a ball return. My current yeah. spot's a little bit further over right, so yeah, I, I know exactly what you're saying. Right, left, move way left <laughs> <laughs> into every wall possible. Yeah, exactly. Every, every righty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one, two at uh, Golden Miles is just a coin flip, anyways, Lenny. So that's such a weird set. But you know, yeah. you know what? I hate that set. Yes, I absolutely agree. Ever since Rick Schaefer got into that. Rick, Rick, Rick came over the first time we were there, and he's like, "Look at this! The, the approaches don't even aren't even like uh, flush." He put a ball down and, and slammed right into the wall, eh? And ever since then, I was like, "I am not even walking straight." Like he, he mind screwed me like instantly. Sounds, right? like, sounds like he planted a seed and you got a lot of fertilizer. <laughs> he up did. There. Yeah, he did. I said, "I said, Rick, why are why are we even here? We should be in Glencairn." He's like, "Oh, go to hell." <laughs> I still remember us telling Kevin Clark about that lane when he was on our podcast. He had no clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. put a, put a ball by the 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 ball rack and watch it slam against the wall. Yeah, it's just Not the approach, guys. The lane is flat. What, what what bugs me about one and two is, 
I don't, you know, I don't, I, I realize the way the approach is, and I usually, I usually find something on them. I don't, you know, it's not, I, I might throw a different ball on them than I'm going to throw on the others, but I find something that works there. But what bugs me is if I'm struggling every now and then I'll, I'll, I'll think that I threw a really good ball with really good release and get nothing. And I'll be like, well, what the heck? And then, so that's the only time where I start checking. Well, I better check to see what my speed is just to see if I'm, you know, maybe I got a little excited and one and two, they're whack. Like they'll be, they'll, you can throw the exact same ball. They'll register about five, six miles difference on those two lanes. So that's, and that's usually the only time I'm struggling. It might be on one and two. So that's where I want to check my speed. Like, well, I can't even go off of these things because they're, they're not right. You know, yeah. and that's, those are the only thing I found over there. Like, I think it's number two. I think it registers it way faster or way slower than what you really throw. But one of them doesn't register. Right. I, I think on, not all the sets, but most of the sets, the right lane always registers faster than the left lane. So I'm not sure if it's how their reflectors yeah, are positioned be. or something and, like that. And that might be, it might be the case on a lot of the other lanes, but I just have never noticed because I've never looked for it. But mm -hmm. I seem to be struggling more on that set. And then I kind of watch and then I'll be like, wow, my, I threw these two balls the same. And it's telling me this one's way faster, you know? And, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Exactly. I find lane one hooks a little bit harder from right to left on lane one. You just think it's slanted. That's why. Well, it is slanted, but the, <laughs> the, the, the approach, well, basically you start to, to walk downhill, right, to, to the left-hand side, and then you try to overcorrect it with the, the shot, right? So it probably is more of a, like trying to turn it around your body a little bit more than you're normally used to, just because the approach is going away from the shot. So. Yeah, I'm not too sure. I, al I always, I always kind of had a strategy in my head playing Regina. My, my, my goal of playing Regina was always like uh, – um, uh, give me a 500 for the two walls. Give me a 250, a 250. I'll make that cut. And that's what I've always, and then the year that I won the tournament, um, I did nothing. And I think I had to finish off against the two walls. And I think I shot like 700 just to make the cut. Hmm. Um, and that was the, that was the year actually, I think, I think uh, that was the year that I was playing the qualifying with you, Adam. And I remember thinking in my head, ah, I'll just, piggyback off Adam here. I'll stay with him 200 of Adam and I should be fine. And I think he beat me by over 300 that, that day. And I still qualified because I think he shot 25 something or, you know, yeah. he shot a high qualifying. Yeah. I, I still think that's the highest qualifying mark on the WCBT since it started. I'd have to look in the record, but, but I'm pretty sure that's Adam set the mark at the highest one. No, I, my, thought, I, thought, my, I thought you beat it in Edmonton. My, my yeah, TBC. TBC. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. I'm only a qualifier, boys. <laughs> well, we know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so I guess since we're kind of talking about those tournaments and stuff, let's talk a little bit about the Heritage Traditional coming up in the second weekend in August. So um, Alberta has moved into phase two, and the tournament is a go at this point in time. And uh, I know Michael Wiss brought up a question about um, provinces uh, for travel restrictions and stuff like that. So um, right now, Ontario, BC, Saskatchewan, and Alberta do not have any travel restrictions. Um, they have travel advisory or whatever telling you that you probably shouldn't go across borders, but there is no like 14-day quarantine for those provinces. Manitoba, Quebec, and I think most of the eastern provinces still have a 14-day quarantine um, entering that province. So if the guys from Manitoba want to come out when they go home, they would have to do a 14 day quarantine situation. Um, unless that changes before August, which most probably it will. But for the rest of the Western provinces in Ontario, it looks like uh, it's free and clear. 
maybe just don't tell your uh, political representative that you're leaving the province, but uh, there is no travel restriction. So, um, as, so I'm going to speak a little bit on the WCBT side of things. I don't believe we are going to look at um, changing the point system at all for those reasons, because there is no actual restrictions on travel. So, so hopefully that answers Michael's question. And uh, what do you guys think about uh, Heritage going to be up and running? I think it's good. I think it's good they're going to have something. Uh, I know we've opened our doors up on Monday, and it's been slow. So uh, it's, it's going to be good that I think there's going to be some bowling around. Um, I know uh, there's going to be some changes, obviously. Uh, speaking with Mike, and uh, Dexter's been speaking with Mike, and I know everybody else has, and and the, the committee out there and, and Cindy and Shelby and everybody else out there. Um, they're going to be running shifts and they're not going to do bakers, I do believe, right? So, um, this is going to be running shifts, I believe, a Thursday night shift instead of the doubles. And they're going to be running uh, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, and Friday night single shifts. And then just Saturday morning and Saturday afternoon single shifts. So, I assuming that uh, the website might be updated or just let them know anyway um, what your shifts are. Uh, obviously, it's going to be capped at 40. There's going to be some other things that are going to be changing up in there um, with restrictions and whatnot. So uh, let them know, but make sure you guys re-enter online on Heritage Traditionals website if you guys are coming. So please make sure you do that. But I think it's great. Uh, it gives us a little bit more, more normality. Um, and uh, like I said, if you guys don't feel safe in going and, and feeling on the restrictions on that, please stay home. But uh, I'm utmost, uh, I think I have the... I think they're going to be doing a great job of making us feel, feel safe out there. So um, I, I have no, uh, I, for me, I have no, uh, no worries uh, of feeling unsafe at heritage lanes. So I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, definitely looking forward to, to having, you know, the opportunity for some competition balls again. Um, definitely interested to see what they, they kind of have in store for us. Uh, so such a large place and unfortunate to, to have to, to, to cap it at, you know, 40 players and uh, essentially I have to assume no other fans or family or anybody coming out either. Right. So uh, it, it, it's going to be really different. Um, I think everybody's going to be really respectful of the, the rules that are in place or the guidelines that are in place. Um, obviously, you know, heritage runs top notch, so I, I'm not worried about anything there. Um, I'm just, uh, I, I'm still a little worried that, that there might be a pullback from Alberta health. Um, if, uh, there was something else to come up uh, over the next, you know, five, six weeks, but, um, certainly keep my fingers crossed and I'll, I'll definitely be there. Pretty excited about hearing 40 people. That should be a nice quick pace. <laughs> well, well, Len Lenny, so this, this was the thing. So I, when I was signing up to my shifts, I'm like, normally it's like morning, morning. Cause I, you know what? I, I I'll take their quick pace in the morning. I don't want to deal with it. And now I'm like, well, you know what? Son, son of a bitch. I, I'll just, I'll just do the, uh, the evening shifts. Now I can wake up late. Right. I, I don't have to be there right away. Right. Cause they're all going to be capped at 40. It's all relevant to me. Right. So I can I can do the Friday night shift. I can do the Saturday one. It's it doesn't matter to me, right? So I can have the I can have a hot tub in the in the afternoon. I can do whatever I want that day and show up later. So yeah, the thing with that though is you, you got to remember this is over a month away. Those restrictions could be lifted by then. Like yeah. 
heritage isn't going to keep it at 40 if all of a sudden the province says, oh, you can have 100 inside that building. They're going to well, they're going to open it up. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and realistically, I hope I hope the best case scenario, what happens is that they they make you re-enter, redo all the entries again. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it's, right. And, 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 and they redo it over. Cause I mean, it's a different, we're a different world right now. And if they make us redo it, I'm perfectly okay with it. Yeah. Um, I, I even mentioned to them, I was like, you know, let's, let's be honest with you right now. I think 200 entries or 240 entries might be astronomical. Like we mentioned earlier, maybe let Shelby just have the Friday night and maybe let, ha- you know, maybe you can have some recoup, some costs on the, the open play, whatever you can have, maybe. Right, mm-hmm. and then we can have the other shifts available, but that that's up to well, them. The right? problem with that one is that when they have that many lanes and you get that that many teams full, um, it, it just it goes so late. Like that, well, that 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 one more so than anyone affects the Saturday morning show. Well, there, yeah. there's no there's no bakers at all. Any, it would just be all singles. Yeah. So yeah, so it, it's it's irrelevant, right? So they, they might. No, have, I, was just, I was just saying if they were going to release yeah. the restrictions and oh, they're going to say go with yeah, the yeah. go with the baker, then uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, true enough. But I mean, Tim, even if they open it up for open play, they still won't be able to have. If they keep the restrictions the way they are now, they still won't be able to have more people, anyways. And you know that us going in, there's going to be food and booze while you're there, guaranteed, yeah. right? So I don't know if it makes a difference if you open up open play at this point. Do Do we know the the generalities of uh, obviously forty players? What are they going to do per lane? What are the, do, do we know kind of that idea? General talk right now. There's not a whole lot. Yeah, there's no finalization on any of it. Um, yeah. There's lots of ideas bouncing around. Um, uh, Dexter had a really good one that I'm not too sure if Mike and Shelby are going to take a look at. Um, but you Well, would... I told Mike about it. Yeah, and then and then Mike Mike said that like that's actually a really solid approach. So what my idea is is uh, sign up with a group of five or a group of six, um, have that as your cohort family because that's you're allowed to do that. You don't have to socially distance with your cohort family. So you can sign up with uh, five or six people as a group, um, put them on one set at a time. So have uh, and then have a set in between each group. So use lanes one and two. Let's say six people on that lane. Nobody on three and four. Use five and six, nobody on seven and eight. Use nine and ten going down the line. When you're done that game, you move one set over as a pair. So now you're using three and four. Um, you're using seven and eight. And then the lanes that you were on are now completely vacant. So that gives an opportunity for them to go down, sanitize, and move on. So that, that'll give you an opportunity to stay within those restrictions for cleaning uh, and disinfecting in between groups. And still not having to worry about the social distancing because you're in a cohort family rather instead. And uh, yeah, uh, that seems to work out really fine. They just really need to make sure then that, uh, you know, when you're, uh, when you're set on one and two is done um, and the set on uh, uh, five and six aren't done, that they obviously you can't start on three and four till five right. and six is done. That's, you know. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, so basically uh, I, we got to make sure that Len and Adam are playing together so that the yeah. game plays about yeah, that, that, that's something you say that. Like, I, I, prefer, <laughs> I prefer if uh, in a qualifying round, I'd rather be playing with the three slowest guys out there. Um, just because I don't like that getting done a game and then have a 12 minute wait. I like getting done a game and starting another one. Yeah. Yeah. Type of thing, you know, yeah, I agree. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So that, that is an option. So I, I, like I said, I, I have no, I have utmost. uh, I think it's going to be no issue at all. I think it's going to be just fine. 
Um, just if you, like I said, if you, if you don't feel comfortable, obviously stay home. Um, but we, we, we think it's going to be just fine to be out there. Right. So, yeah, like, um, hopefully Manitoba loosens their restrictions by then. And the guys don't feel like they shouldn't be coming because they get 14 day quarantine back in their own province. Hopefully it opens up a little bit. And I, I don't think heritage is going to get quite as many players as, um, maybe last year or something like that, but I know there's lots of people itching that want to play and it is only a few weeks before tour championship last chance to get enough points to get into that situation. If you're a WCBT member, um, obviously there's going to be lots of cash prizes at the traditional. So I, I think there'll be a decent enough turnout, um, especially with people being aware of the social distancing and, and stuff like that. So, yeah. Can somebody tell Gino how to use a keyboard? <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you in the X. <laughs> <laughs> Good old D Rock. Thanks, Tito. <laughs> um, so what should we move on to? Um, so we I guess we were speaking about the Alberta Center's opening up in phase two. Uh, how's that going, the Mr. Wiseman's? It is slow. It is very, very slow. I, I honestly, I was super nervous, uh, you know, Monday morning coming in because it's just a totally different world. And just we we chose to open Monday so that we could kind of ease into things. But I, I, I wish that our easing into things was a little bit more hectic than it is because it's boring. We had um, we had so many projects to do throughout the this break, and, and we got through them all. And. Uh, and now for us to be open and literally just sitting around waiting for people to come in really sucks. Um, we've had, you know, today I think we had the most groups at one time together, which was three lanes at <laughs> one point. Um, other than that, it's like one lane at a time and super quiet, but um, <laughs> it's it's the eye cigarette. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, but it, yeah it's slow we're doing a good job of keeping everything sanitized and we're learning things along the way but yeah it's it's boring it's really boring yeah you know i, I think we just have to have that awareness of in all centers have to have that awareness of uh just making it making sure the public knows that you're clean and you're making it safe for somebody um it was kind of it was really good. One of our, one of our staff, younger kids, first day back and he was super, super excited to be back. And one of the, one of somebody on the phone was calling and saying, asking all these questions. And uh, a dad overheard him say, it's not, you don't have to worry about coming in. It's our job to make you feel comfortable. Right. And uh, I was obviously a little proud of him, you know, like, uh, but it was good to hear that. Right. That's, that's what our job is. And that's what all of our centers are supposed to be like. And it's, people are going to be a little bit worried because in, in Alberta, they really opened up every stage basically right now. It's incredible. And it, it, it wasn't just one jump. It was a huge jump. And uh, some people are a little bit nervous about it and, and it, as they should be, if they feel that way. And, but uh, I think, I think uh, once things get start, I think that after this weekend, I think things will be a little bit better. Uh, Kids Bowl free opens up for a lot of centers and I think more things will be better. Um but yeah, I, I think it just matters just positivity and moving forward with it. I know we're trying to do that uh, drop-in tournament, so we'll see how that goes. And uh, but uh, I think looking across the board, talking to other centers, are in the same boat. 
And uh, I think they said 50% of what they had last year. That's, that's sort of what they're having. So whatever was coming in was 50% of that. So, yeah, right. it's going to take a little while for people to get their feet wet. You know, it's just easing their way back into what we had before and how they're going to deal with it. So it, it, it's going yeah. to take some time. It's, it's going to be hard because, you know, part of the, uh, part of the, uh, I guess if there is a draw to bowling, you know, the excitement about bowling is just, you know, being out there with the friends, doing the high fives and all that. I said, and once you pretty much have to buy all that out, it just it makes it a different atmosphere. And then, you know, people are, people are wondering how to react. I personally couldn't be happier that we're going to get rid of the high five. <laughs> <laughs> It, it killed. It killed my insides every, a little bit every time I have to give somebody a high five. I die a little bit inside. Why? Why? Why would you get to give him a high five? Is that? Why do well, you have to give him a high know, five? Like you, 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 you might have uh, kept the ball on the lane, and then you've got to say good shot there. Kid. No, right. no, but you, but you, but but you didn't have to. You're, you don't you're have just, to. Yeah. No, Tracy rubbed <laughs> off on you. That's the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Big old softy. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, that that's just you. That's nobody else's fault. Yeah. I I can't wait to high five you, Lenny. <laughs> <laughs> that that's why you walk around. It's not because you don't want to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, that's one of the reasons. Len, Lenny's the guy chasing high fives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Comes off the lane after his set aces. Wants I to love, high five everybody. You get a head bin, you clean the wood, and somebody wants to give you a high five, and you want to kick him in the nuts. <laughs> I don't want to sell you know. Not, that, yeah, that's Thursday Night League with Kerry. That's, that's exactly <laughs> how it is. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tracy does have a heart. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Congratulations, Tin Man. <laughs> uh, so I guess let's get uh, Len answering some questions here, Adam. All right, sure. All right, Len, you ready? Sure. All right. Uh, who is uh, your bowling mentor or idol uh, growing up? Uh, probably for a bowling mentor, I'd have to say my brother. Uh, bowling idol, I would. Uh, there would definitely be a. Well, there's. I guess two of them. When uh, bowling up and growing up in PA, uh, they had you know they have one team that won a Canadian title, a men's team there, and players up there. So a lot of people looked up to him. But there was one fellow in particular, uh, Manny Primo. I just thought, like, it was really weird. I, I, I was, my brother bowled and I didn't, but I got interested in bowling. So I went and I started watching tournaments and I went for two years with him, watched all the open, we rented hotel rooms, watched the open, watched these guys play. I knew a lot about bowling, a lot about different bowlers and good bowlers in different cities before I ever picked up a ball. I had never thrown a ball yet. I was, and uh, I just remember out of all the bowlers I was watching, he was just so smooth. And I just remember thinking to myself, wow, it would be so nice to throw a ball that smooth. So this Manny Prima was just a great bowler. And, you know, uh, um, he still bowls now and he probably is uh, still capable of making the open in that, but he uh, doesn't try out anymore. I would love, always would have wanted to love to play on a team with him. Just thought it was, just thought he was, you know, it. And then when I got started bowling on the uh, tour, you know, you meet a lot of great bowlers. Um, the guy that I've always looked up to, and that I still tell people right now that I think is the best bowler I've seen in my time. They're just all competitors. Mark Jackson it was just incredible to me the way he, I didn't think he had a great style. I didn't think he had a great ball. He just willed it to work everywhere. 
he didn't have a good help. He found a way to make it work everywhere. I was always impressed with that. So, so what, so was it like uh, a dream come true when you beat Mark in the masters? Um, you, you know, it was, yeah, it was, it, you didn't feel like, you, yeah, it felt to me, it was like, yeah, it was beating to me who I thought was the best bowler in Canada. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, it felt great. Yeah. It, it made it actually feel a little better beating that person type of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, no, yeah, it was a great player. Going into that match was uh, your thought process any different? Actually, going into that match, with my thought process was a lot different. Um, to be perfectly honest, because I, uh, I, I just know, I can't. I, I, I'm, I'm fading now in my memory as to whether they did it at the same time or whether they did. But like, I was playing uh, Mark Jackson in the final, but Tracy was also playing uh, Diane Violini in the final. And I just know when I was going into that, I was thinking more about her match. I really was, and and I really, I really wanted us to both you know, both be able to win in the same year. I thought that would be pretty neat type of thing. Um, and I just can't, I can't remember now if they're running them at the same time or, you know, whatnot. But, uh, yeah, it, it, I think, I think the whole thought of, wow, we could both win Canadian singles titles in the same year together. That would be pretty neat. So that was, that was more going through my mind than, than the match itself. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, do, do you have a favorite event, uh, either on tour or national? Um, I've always, I've always liked, you know, I've played, I've, I've gone a lot of times to masters, so I like playing the masters. Um, but, um, the tournaments, there's something I like about all of them. Um, and you know, there's, there's odd things I don't like, but I like, I, I like, I like, I like the match play. I like, um, I don't like, like, you know, I, I this is, it's not like, I, I haven't had a lot of success at Calgary. That's granted. But it, I, I don't like um, I don't like you losing. You still get a chance. I don't like you. You know, I don't like that you lose three out of four games and you still like. I understand people like that. I understand other people hate the fact that you could go into a match, shoot a nine hundred, and there's only one other person in the whole bowling alley who shot higher, and you're playing him and you're knocked out. And I'm like, great, that's the way it should be. I, I like that. You know, I don't. I like the Stanley Cup playoffs. You're going to play them. You beat them, they're out. You don't go and play each team once. You, you know, so that that kind of thing I like. Um, but I do. I, the part I do like about Calgary and I do like about uh, uh, Red Deer is uh, I like the fact that when I'm playing somebody in a match, if I'm playing you, Adam, I like the fact that if I play 21 games that day, I know you play 21 games that day. Whereas sometimes you go playing the other ones, you might be on your 27th game and you're playing against somebody who's on their 15th game type of thing. Yeah because they got knocked out on one side or whatever. So, you know, but, but at that same side, you, you, you love the shot, the thought that you can maybe get first and second in that tournament because you can win both sides. So, yeah. you know, there's pros and cons to everything, I guess that way, but yeah, and sure. out of all the tournaments, my favorite event that I've been to our favorite tournaments to play probably is the green and gold. And I only did that in the last four or five years. And I started realizing like, it was just, it's, it was just more enjoyable, you know, to go out and be able to play with your kid. And yeah, I really like that. That event. It was about time you finally got to a real answer. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great answer. I uh, the Green and Gold tournament is a fantastic tournament. I wonder if uh, the WCBT or another center could run like a mixed doubles event for tour players or competitive players, because um, the Green and Gold is obviously fairly well set in history where it has a handicap side and it has a scratch side. And um, obviously it's such a large center that you can get so many teams involved into it, but 
maybe we can add something like that throughout the years too. Well, the only scratch is on the side pots though, right? Yeah. But that's where the money is. Yeah. So yeah, love that. Well, they they even split that in half. It's just such a good atmosphere to uh, um, just, there's so many people in there and there's so many competitive bowlers in there, but there's also so many people in there that aren't competitive. And it's, it's just, I really enjoy seeing them all playing together, playing that event to see how I'm really enjoying Good answer. Uh, do you have a, a specific match that you would classify as maybe your toughest or most memorable? Um, my most my most memorable for me playing well would probably be I had a match in uh, that's in Edmonton at uh, Bonnie Doon, and I was playing against Crystal Hibner. And I just I just remember she was she was uh, I don't even know she just got out of way, but she she was pretty young and she was and she just came throwing bombs at me. And uh, I know I just I can't remember like the match she she shot three three hundreds I shot three three hundreds um, I don't think. I don't know if I ever trailed her, and I don't know if I ever got more than five or ten pins ahead of her. It was just ball for ball, for, and I just I really enjoyed that one. Um, at the end of that, I remember telling her, "I said I think that might be the best I've ever played, um, not the highest score, but just the best I've ever played." Because there was just there was no frame where you could take a deep breath or a sigh or relax. It was just always on you type of thing. Um, yeah, and then I've had I've had so many like Gino's really thumped me a lot of times. Me and Gino have. Uh, I probably I probably played Gino more than anybody in my career. Uh, Gino probably Mark Jackson and Tom Stevenson. Those would probably be who I've had the most matches against. Um, and for the longest time, when I was playing Gino, would be like the first guy that six fifty would win. We were terrible. And then and then that had I think I'm sure twice he shot over eight hundred at me in the first two type of thing. Like I've I've played Gino, shot six hundred, and say, well, I got to shake his hand because I got no chance. Like you know, so. But, uh, yeah, I remember matches like I, I know a match against Tom Stevenson. I was at KG. I think it was getting into the Calcutta's, getting into the Final Four to get up there. I had a match where I had Tom. I think I pitched to the right. I had Tom beat him. I just hit another pin. I had two more balls and I pitched to the right two more times. Hmm. You know, those those kind of matches haunt you. And yeah, you know, so I memorable, but I don't know if it's a good memory. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Did uh, did you end up winning that match against Crystal? Yes, I did. Yeah, yeah. but it was yeah, it was just a great match. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, what's in your arsenal? Um, I throw. Well, I've got about 10, 11 sets of balls. Um, my first eight sets of balls I bought, I all bought all five inch, three eight. That's just what I throw, and I just like the different materials. I wanted the ball to be in my hand and feel the same. And it was only actually the year the year of uh, well the year that I won Regina, I bored a set of balls and they were four and seven eighths. So then I had to go and buy a set. So I throw, I throw now generally what I throw is I throw uh, four and seven eight star um, not star lines, four and seven eight soft rolls, four and seven eight hard rolls or aramiths, and then I carry uh, five inch star lines. Um, I've always liked the star lines. The star lines back when it was uh, wooden lanes, for some reason I found for me like I, I know I don't throw hard. But every now and then you'll find yourself overthrowing a ball. The star lines were the ball that I can overthrow and get away with. They carry for me if I throw the ball too hard, they seem to still carry good. Uh, there's times, you, there's times you know where you know you're throwing too hard and you can slow down, but it's like you're throwing too hard, but it feels really good. And I, I just don't want, I don't want to slow down. This feels really good. Then I'll go grab the star lines and I'll start throwing them. Yeah. So. 
Hmm. Yeah, basically star lines. Uh, the first set of balls I ever had, like I've never gotten rid of any balls. The first set of balls I ever had, I got off of Don Sims, and that was uh, my first Masters that I ever went to. Um, Don would just started, you know, selling the balls. One night he was asking me about balls, and, and I said, well, I should buy a set. And then he just, he, he, all of a sudden he gave me a tell you what, and he, he made made me a deal. And he said, well, uh, if you uh, if you guys, I think it was if you, I can't remember if it was we beat them that game or if we beat them, finish ahead of him in the tournament, but either way we were playing and uh, he said we'll bet on a set of balls. And uh, yeah, it was, it was, we, we ended up, I think we took him eight, nothing and, uh, <laughs> and that year. And yeah. And, and, and he, uh, I, I still remember his favorite line. It was about frame seven or eight. And he walked up and he looked and he goes, my God, we've got five strikes, you know, in the seventh frame as a team. And I don't even think we deserve them. He said like, you know, we did, we did play well, but they played really bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that year, that was, you know, that's actually a funny thing there. That year, our team, that was the first year I went, our team got third. We got a medal. Uh, back then, I think you only played 18 games, because I don't think they had, uh, I don't think Quebec had teams. And uh, our record was 7-11. Hmm. We had way more losses than wins. There was like we, there was three teams that had better records than us that we beat because it seemed like when we lost, we took a three, and when we won, we were taking eights. Everything, you know? So yeah, we didn't have a we didn't have a great record, but we got a medal. I said you don't see that too often where you have a losing record and you still medal. No, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Um, we'll keep uh, story time going here. We had a a question from the audience asking you to tell a story here, and it's from Mr. Schneider. Oh, great. Uh, something about a banana match against Tom Patterson. Oh yeah, <laughs> this, 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 this is a long story, but uh, I don't know. We've got time. We got, We've time. got time. Okay, well, and, and uh, um, I, I'm going to feel bad because I know I talked to I talked to Tom about this. I had mentioned it this year, and when I told him the story, he's like, "I did not realize that," you know. And I, you know, and I said, "Well, that's that's the way I remember it," you know, and. <laughs> So what it was was that weekend. Uh, that was that. I think that was well. That was the year I won KG. But that weekend we were bowling. We were bowling, and uh, Tom Tom was playing with Tracy and I the day before um, in the three player event. So we're playing, and uh, we played really well. And I think I won the three player event. Like I ended up finishing. They had the two shifts of the three player event, and I got first in both. You know, with my teams, I was first in both of them. But the, you know, we won with me, Tracy, and Tom. And uh, we won. Tom was just, he gained, I don't know if he played three or four games there, but he threw a big giant, like a 400 or 420. He was just cooking. And then the next game, he was struggling. And I, I'm playing with Tom, and I know he's a great shooter, and, you know, he thinks about the game. He'll figure it out. And he's struggling, and he's struggling, and he's struggling. It was about frame seven. And I just told him, I just said, you know, Tom, for what it's worth, I'm just noticing you're throwing the ball harder than you were the last game. You took up the speed. I said, I don't know if you're trying to or if you're aware of it, but I just thought, you know, you're throwing the ball harder. He was like, okay. And we made an adjustment and bowled well, and we ended up winning. Then the next day, we're playing the match play and the thing, and uh, I played Diane Violini the first match. And it was kind of like uh, the Crystal Hibner match. It was just – it was a great match. Like, she – she beat me, and it was like, you know, might have been 850 to 880. We were just going ball for ball, but she beat me. So you're not in a good mood. You lost. And then on the other side, I'm playing Tom. And um, Tom started out. I started out struggling. Tom started with a six-bagger. And he came off the lane, smiled at me, and said, 
how's my speed today? And <laughs> I went ballistic. Went up there, threw the balls, came back, seen his banana, and I just whacked it. And, just <laughs> it. and, and, uh, and uh, yeah. And so, you know, all these years, Tom's been like, well, you crushed my banana. And I, I finally told him, said, well, you do know why. And he's like, no. And I told him the story. I, he was like, I can't believe I did that. You know, I said that type of thing. And I was like, well, that's what it was. And that's why I was like, but I have to thank Tom because that, uh, like, I was literally vibrating so angry. But just they kept focused the rest of the day. Like, I ended up winning the tournament. I come back. He was crushing me. Come back and win that match. And then I never really, uh, never really looked back after that. And I know you had, uh, I know you had Jim Head uh, on last week, and it was actually kind of funny because I can't remember if that was just before or just it was the same year or within a year of when I won with Mark Jackson. I think it might have been just after, but I just remember saying, seeing, and uh, at that time, you know, you still allowed smoking in the bowling house, and Jim, Jim was a smoker, and I remember, uh, I remember playing, and uh, Ray Rasrab was at the back, and I just remember telling Ray. I'm not going to let this guy get a drag and a cigarette this much. <laughs> so I was, that was one of the times where I was playing and I was trying to, like I'd throw the ball and I'd walk over the ball, return, grab the next one and go. And I just thought, yeah, well, I'm not going to let him sit, you know, that was yeah. in my head. I'm thinking, I'm not going to let this guy even try and get a drag of a cigarette if I can help it. Type of thing. <laughs> oh, so, I love it. That's a long story. I know it was the banana story, but I just want, I wanted to give you the background of why I didn't just go crush his banana. That's awesome. Oh, that's very good. Um, what's left on your bucket list? Winning. I still want to win uh, open singles. Um, I want to win another master singles. Um, I'd like to win an open team event. That's definitely opener. Like I've never won a gold medal on a team for a national. I'd like, like to do that. But uh, yeah, I doubt, you know, I doubted if any of those things are going to come true, but yeah, they're on the list. I, I want to enter you, you I, I'm not, I'm not going to like, I wouldn't enter red deer if, unless I think I can win it. If I don't think I'm going to win something, I won't, I won't enter. But yeah. I'd like, I'd, I'd like to win. Like I've got, I've got the, um, what do you got, Tim? Two sec, two, two or three silvers in the, two. two, two, two silvers. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got two seconds in masters. I've got the first. I've got a third. And I'm sitting back going, yeah, I want to get another. I want to get another one in that. And, uh, I've got the silver and bronze in the team for the masters, mm -hmm. but I haven't got a gold yet. I said I want to get a gold. That would be nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. now, now it's really become for me a, a goal should be to just be making a cut. You know, ma making a cut. If I made a masters team. Um, pretty happy with that you know you I, I I it's not that I uh I, I know you're not as sharp as you used to be or whatever but I sit down and say when when I get on a roll I don't feel like I'm any worse than I was like when I'm when I'm bowling good right now I feel like I'm as good as I ever was it's just mm -hmm. that it used to maybe happen quite more frequently now it might happen you know you might get on that roll once or twice in a year now whereas it used to be a weekly thing you know mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, Tracy's just throwing out the shots here towards Eleni. <laughs> coach your kid to a national gold. Well, I got to learn how to win one before I can coach her to one. <laughs> how, how was your How was your first open experience? Uh, uh, I was really good. Like I said, uh, the 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 uh, the guys I played with were great. Um, yeah. I I felt really bad. Like like I I told you guys a story earlier. I I you know everybody feels like they you know at one point or another you cost your team a match or a point. 
And I kind of feel like I, I cost us some points at the end when I was trying to make the step ladder that we probably could have got in. I really respected the fact that none of the guys brought it up. None of the guys said anything. It's, it is well, what it is. They were a great bunch of guys. Anybody that knows you, Lenny, knows that you're a competitive guy and you would never do anything intentionally um, to to hurt people's chances. So Yeah, but a lot of people that know me also know that I'm a moron. I don't think things through all the time. <laughs> well, so, Lenny, but I might not have done it intentionally, but I still might have hurt them. <laughs> in, in all fairness, Lenny, uh, that's partially Dester's fault just as much. So it's oh, a 50-50 blame. I, I was thirsty. <laughs> I was thirsty. So <laughs> if, if, if you guys don't know, Dexter and Lenny had a game uh, where they're betting for a, a drink at uh, Open National. Well, we were both terrible. Well, we were terrible. We weren't we were great. Um, that's for sure. And uh, neither of us had, had 300 at that point. And I, don't, and I don't think their team knew. Their team's – well, I don't think Lenny's team knew that, that they were betting a drink. But oh, I no, think our, our team knew. Our, our team knew for sure. So Lenny, Lenny's team was uh, Saskatchewan was two lanes over from us. And who are we facing? I we think were... it was even further than that. It was like six or eight lanes over. It, it was it was a ways over. No, I, think, I, kinda... I think I think it was only two sets over. I think two yeah. sets. Yeah, because yeah. we were able to keep pretty good pretty good track of each other. And uh, <laughs> we, we better get. We, we said, hey, first first guy to get to three hundred or first guy to throw three hundred will win a drink. And then all of a sudden, we learn how to bowl. Yeah, as soon as he said I that, think, I think I started out with a five bagger, and I think Dex started out with about a seven or eight bagger or something. You know? Yeah, something like that. I just yeah. remember thinking to myself that Dex, Dex is uh, Dex is going to be uh, um, Dex is going to be getting three hundred for sure. I said, but I remember telling myself, I told Dex the first three hundred, and I know our team's going to be three frames ahead of you guys. So I'm yeah. going to all I have to do is finish this game off, get a three hundred, and Bob's your uncle. And uh, I uh, believe I. I don't know if I popped nine and ten. I think I popped eight. And then I threw a strike on nine. I was like, "Well, I still got a three hundred, barring a headpin." And I, uh, I punched on ten. Didn't really, uh, didn't really give much thought into the next shot. Um, threw it. I think, I think it went through the hole. And I don't even know if I hit anything on the last ball. But I just remember, at that time, we had the match. I thought sewn up and won, and we were playing Northern, and. Uh, um, yeah, I was playing, uh, I think it was Taylor Michelle, and uh, I can't remember now if he came back and got my point, but he definitely banged out, and then their anchor banged out, and uh, yeah, we ended up losing total by probably, like, it was minimal. It was, it was I think if I cleaned up that that headpin, I think we carried the team total still, and then I think we missed making the step ladder by like one point or something like that, you know, and that might have been the second last game of the tournament, so yeah, it, like I said, it was another... Another another one of my dumb things that I can put on my mantle and be proud of. Len, you the just just blame it on Dexter. It's fine. Well, yeah. you know the thing was yeah. is like I I got my drink and he didn't even have to ask me what I drink because I've won a few drinks off of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, the nice thing I learned is it doesn't even seem to bother Dex that I spit in everyone. <laughs> God, no. God no, I've got the same haircut, man. It can't it can't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, uh, uh, that was a good one. Uh, <laughs> I guess one question: uh, you, You've been around the game forever. Um, what's the sport still missing? What, what's kind of the next step uh, to improve it? Um. Well, I I personally would like to see, but it's never going to happen. Like I, I, there's things I like about the Masters. There's things I like about the Open. 
I'd rather they both went away and we had one nationals. And and I just don't, you know, I don't, I don't think you should have to bowl based on your area code, based on your postal code, bowl with whoever you want. You know, make a team, and I don't care if you're from the same province or not. I'd like to see, you know, I'd like to see it more like uh, curling, where you decide to pick your team, and these are the guys you're going with, and go to war. That's what I'd like to see. But I, I, I realize it's not a real popular, you know, real popular uh, stance. But yeah, that. Um, there's things I'd like to see different on the tour that, that we don't do. Like I personally, I don't, I don't care about, you know, I, I, I understand there's some, some people saying that there should be consolation, not consolation, the winner. in. I don't care about that. If the guy, you want to bring the consolation winner in, that's fine. Um, I'd rather see, uh, you know, Gino's going around and selling those tickets for 20 bucks. I don't know how much money he usually makes off there, but for me, I'd rather see, I'd rather see, rather than being anybody from the Calcutta, I'd rather see it be, we're doing this draw and you can either get shifts into the next tournament or $500 cash. Uh, let's just say for a hypothetical that he's going to get 100 people bowl, sell the tickets to 100 people. Um, I'd, I'd rather see it be $500 paid out and then that $1,500, don't go to the Calcutta, put that towards the year-end tournament. Do yeah. that for four tournaments and get an extra six grand in the pot for that. I don't know why we, we the Calcutta's don't need to get bigger. We don't need to help the. I think you're going to help the tour more by putting more money in the final thing. So I'd rather see him selling those tickets and have that money go towards that final event and make that event bigger. Yeah, you, me and you have kind of discussed that in the past few years um, about adding um, situations where a person could earn a spot or the two hundred dollar next shift or something like that. Yeah. There is definitely a lot. A lot saying for that. Um, I don't know if, we, like, on this podcast, if we should talk too much about uh, the bowling investment seminar, but yeah, 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 I realize that. But um, it is definitely a part of the game, and a lot of people are there for it. Um, most of them are obviously bowlers. We don't have the guys coming in um, from out of town just to play it anymore. So I do agree with you. They are fairly large enough that we don't really need to make them that big anymore. But, yeah, and, and and what happens to me, the way I just look at it is that, that money that the money that he's raising, and, and, and I realize that I do realize that it's you know anybody can do the, the investment seminar, but I just uh, what I'm saying is what's gonna happen is generally whoever has the winner, you know, is taking the big chunk of that money is gonna go to that. I said if you put it towards the, the final event, it's going towards at least that money's gonna get split up around 12 bowlers you know, or however many bowlers you have type of thing. And, you know, more people are going to see the advantage of that, of that money type of thing, you know, but you know, it is what it is. Like I said, I don't have a problem with the way it is. I just think that that money could be better suited somewhere else, you know, still through the, that yeah. final event. You know. Totally agree with you. Yeah. Or, or split it even. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Uh, what, what Gino's done with that uh, to, to bring that along. It's over, incredible. It, it's in, absolutely incredible i love it mm -hmm. and the, the absolute the absolute right guy to do it like you know yeah. it just yeah. he's persistent that's for yeah. sure <laughs> after lonnie's winning tpc i'll never complain again he'll, he'll get my 20 bucks without me batting an eye so <laughs> <laughs> um if you had a an opportunity to challenge one player past present that maybe you haven't played against uh who might that person be um, 
I don't know. I don't. I can't think of anybody that would come to mind that I want to. But I tell you what I'd like to do is I would uh, I'd love a chance uh, to play, whether it's my kids or whether it's my wife. I'd like to play somebody in the family in a cash tournament. And I think I'm, I'm. I think anyways that I'm gonna have a chance. I got, uh, my youngest daughter is. Uh, she's picking up the game pretty good, and I. I think she's gonna probably eventually be a tour player. She's. Uh, she seems to be right on the right track. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She's only twelve. She might. She might lose interest in the game. But uh, yeah, she's she's doing really well. So I, I would look forward to having a match against one of my kids. That would be great. I'm sure I'd lose, but I'd, be, <laughs> I'd enjoy it. <laughs> I've seen. So uh, I've seen your. I've seen your pictures of like Festivus and stuff like that. Um, how ruthless do you think that your match against your daughter would be? Well, that would depend on which daughter. If, 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 it, if it was my oldest oldest daughter, it, it could be probably pretty ugly. Uh, if it was my middle child, it would probably be the funniest one. And if it was my youngest child, that's the one I'm probably going to lose to. Yeah. You do the feats of strength, do you? Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> nice. It takes a while to pin me. <laughs> <laughs> Tracy. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, do, you, do you have a, kind of like a, a unique or an obscure personal achievement that, you know, others may not know about you? Um, I, don't, I don't know about personal achievement, but I definitely have unique, you know, <laughs> shit in the bed stories of having having something wrapped up and just letting it all go away like the one that still haunts me to this day was uh back when they first started the cbc's and i just remember thinking i want to win the cbc so bad and then uh i just i was really probably at the top of my game and i just thought i'm gonna you know and they brought in the rules in saskatchewan that uh after 10 games after 10 games, the next they, they stop, and then you go to five, five games the next day. But they brought in the rule where it's only uh, only uh, the top five bowlers bowl the next day, and anybody within 250 pins yeah. of the leader. And I was having a good tournament, and I uh, I was in first place in the tournament I think for after six games, and I went on and I won the pot game for the seventh game, the pot game for the eighth game, pot game for the ninth game, and the pot game for the tenth game. Yeah. And I was more than 250 ahead of second. I had everybody crushed and uh, started out the next day. There was only five of us playing. I started the next game in uh, with a six bagger. And that weekend I finished sixth in the tournament, fifth in the tournament. Got beat by everybody. Wow. Wheels fell off. Wheels fell off. A six bagger. I've got probably a 350 pin lead with 45 frames left. And I couldn't stop munching. Couldn't stop. I was still in, the, I was still in first place going into the last game. But I just, everybody was coming in, everybody was coming in, getting closer and closer. You feel it slipping away and you can't do anything about it. I said, I still wake up at night shaking my head going, how did I let that get away? <laughs> it happens. So, yeah. Were you able to pinpoint uh, the issue looking back on it? Yeah, lack of talent. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it right on the nose. <laughs> It's hard to uh, something like that. It's hard to win. when you're trying to win something or do something. The, the hardest part is doing it the first time because you're just like, well, I, I came close and I choked. So then after you have an experience like that, well, then my God, I, I'm amazed that I made it there. You know, after that because that it's in your head every time. Like you, then all of a sudden you just start hitting one or two independence right away. It's oh, here we go again. <laughs> 
Oh, here we go. You know, and just all the bad, bad thoughts just come rushing in. And, you know. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I don't know about, uh, I can't think of a lot of other, you know, I, I, I don't know. I might be the only person that I think that I can think of that I, in three different tournaments, I've shot over 2,500 and, and not been, not like didn't beat all three of them. I, all of them have been at the, the uh, CBC, the, what used to be the old penthouse. And I, you know, I shot a 25 something there for a masters and I think moans like, Moans had 25, you know, I might have had 25, 20, and Moans had 25, 40, or whatever it was. You know, uh, they had that caster right there. I shot 25 something, and it was, uh, it was just, a, it was a very easy house. And I remember thinking to myself, I was in first place in this caster, Tom Stevenson. Um, <laughs> Tom Stevenson, he had like a game to play. And, uh, and uh, he started out, I think he needed like a four something to beat me. He started out with a two or three strikes, and I just went home and said, I think I'm going to have second spot. Yeah, he ran it out and he just shot another 2,500 and something to beat you. That happens. But like I said, that's yeah. no accomplishment. It's just, yeah. it's just one of those things you're like, oh, damn it. And it's not, like, it's not like you lost, they just beat you, right? Yeah, I've got you, a, lot of, a lot of obscure things. Like, I never, people always talk about, well, in YBC, I didn't, you know, they didn't get to nationals. I never made it to a YBC convention, not once. Mm -hmm. uh, I played the one the one year I played. Um, I might have I was high average and I might have been high average by 30, 40 pins over everybody else. And I didn't even make it out of my bowling alley. I didn't make it in the top eight to get on, you know, or the top five or whatever it was to get on your team. <laughs> I've just got a I've got a habit of just being terrible. And then I said my my, my, my best uh, <laughs> I would say my best skill is the fact that I can take a loss. Yeah. Yeah. A loss will be like, oh, there's gonna be a lot more to come after that. You know, this ain't a good sport to be if you think you gotta win it now. Lenny, there's always like the thing we've I think we've always loved about you is that you've always been upfront and honest and, and blunt for the just just how you feel, right? And then I I'm still like uh, I remember our moment. I think I've only played you once in my life, and it was on uh, the WCBT finals. And uh, I still remember this. You also you also beat me in Calgary, but it was a one game match. It was a one game. Well, both yeah, yeah. both one. But yeah. I remember we were walking in, and you said to me before we even played our match, it's like, yeah, I think I think you're gonna beat me this game. Yeah. And then, and I came out and beat you like nine one. And it's like, yeah, I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. And and I'm sitting there. It's like, why would you give somebody confidence before I even walked in there? And he's like, no, I just had the feeling I was watching you, and just I just knew that was going to happen. And I'm like, but you've always been that way, and you've been always fair and honest. And and I just there's something about it. I don't know. It just it just yeah, like I, you're I, just I, his character. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I what I don't. I don't. Don't like that when. I, the, my biggest knock for a lot of bowlers is, I don't know, we, we seem to want to look for reasons why we lost. Or yeah, yeah. You lost because the other guy was better. Just, yeah. Yeah, that's just what it was. You, I know. And, and I don't want to, I don't like, I think it's a waste of time to sit back and, and do over it. And do, like, when I lose and I'm driving home from, a, there's so many times where I lose a tournament and I'm driving home, I'm always just thinking about what, what I could have done different. What should I have done different? And I, when I lose a tournament, usually I come home and I go straight to the bowling alley and I just start throwing balls, just start practicing. Mm -hmm. And I like the fact that when I lose, I get motivated because I, like, I'm motivated. I'm not motivated to win. I'm motivated to not lose. I sit back and say, when I win, yeah, I'm happy I didn't lose, but I'm not mm -hmm. really, you know, and I don't get anything from it. Like, I learn from, you, you should try and learn from every loss. Like, you know, I, 
the one thing I, I do do is even when it's I'm having a crappy shift shift, it'll be like, now I'm going to throw, I'm going to do everything. I'm going to try everything, do whatever. And I, I might throw balls that are just going to look terrible, but I'm sitting back on, well, I'm not, I'm not, it's what I'm doing ain't going to work. So I'm not going to keep doing the same thing. I'm going to try everything I can try all, all the different tricks and see mm -hmm. what you can find something. And there's so many times where I've, I've thrown a shift and shot like 17, 18, 19, you know, just terrible. And then back it up with a 2400 because you found something. It'll be like, yeah, I found something in this one frame, six frame of the, of the seventh game. And I think I found yeah. something. Better put another $200 in and play again because I think I found, you know, and yeah, you know what? That's, that's such a great lesson, Letty. And that's, that's something a lot of the younger bowlers need to hear. And, and honestly, some of the older ones, you see so many people that like, you know, the, they'll have a terrible like five games and then, you know, um, either just start hucking balls and, and not caring or um, you, you see a lot of them, like uh, some of the older guys, just quit. Um, and, you know, you're putting in $200. Use that time to figure out something, man. Yeah. There's got to be something that will work. Like, if it's terrible and it's a write-off already, find something. Well, I just I, I don't see the point. And to me, it's either walk out or if you're going to throw balls, have a purpose to it. Like, there's been plenty of times where I've played a tournament um, not going to make the cut. It's the last shift. There's no other shift. And I'm, I, I, you know, obviously with this, if you can win the constellation, you might get back in. I'm not usually thinking about that, but it, usually what it'll be like, it'll be like, damn it. I can't figure this out. I want to find something for next year. I just got to find something because if I find something that works, I'll remember it next year type of thing. But let's say, yeah, let's try and, you know, rather than, rather than sit there and wallow in the fact that it's not happening this year. Do something productive and try and find find something that'll work for next year or whatever, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. Go yeah. get a side pot or something out of it too, right? Yeah. 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 I know T Timmy mentioned uh, that you had a few superstitions and uh, obviously with your, you know, somewhat quirky nature at times, uh, care to, <laughs> to uh, share any of those? Um, I don't even know. Like, I, I, I'm not saying that I don't. I'm just... I don't even like I don't even can't even think of what I would consider to be one. There's just lots of things that I, you know, I I usually have I don't know how you guys when you compete, but when I compete, I have a song in my head and I'll get on a roll and I'll get going. My whole problem is I don't freaking know what song it's gonna be. It'll come in my head and I can't get it out. And I still, you know, Tracy will laugh because uh right now uh we'll be listening to music and uh Jimmy Eat World will come on the middle, and I'll be like, "This goddamn song just makes me sick." And she was what? And I'll say, oh, two years ago in Regina, damn song was in my head, couldn't get up. That's when I was actually playing Udex, and I was oh. terrible. I had no timing at all, <laughs> and it was going too fast because I was singing this song in my head, and I couldn't freaking stop. Like, oh, this is what it is, you know? That Jimmy Eat World, you say? Yeah, <laughs> Lonnie, got to write that one down, Lonnie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and, and I know your walkout song was hard to be humble, right? So I mean, that's another one you like to listen to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, uh, I, I definitely like. For me, it's definitely a matter of getting a feeling. And like, there's times that I don't know how to explain it, but there's just times where you know you're gonna have a good day, and it, and it can be on something simple. Like most of the times, you know, you were asking. I think it was I don't know if it was you, Dex, or who asked me before. I'll, what you do to find it and I, I i don't know what i do to find it but i can tell you this that 90 percent of the time if i'm not bowling good 
and I do turn around and find it, I usually found that ball on a third ball throwing for a corner. Every now and then, I don't, and it's usually my right corner pin. Every now and then, I'm throwing for my right corner pin. I don't even know what I'm doing, but I'll come out of my hand, I'm like, that's the ball. That's the shot. And then I'll try it up the middle, and all of a sudden it starts working. I'm like, oh, there you go. There you go. You know. So, yeah, I don't know what it is, but lots of times for me, it's far more beneficial. Like even in, I tell, always tell myself in casting, just go up there and just throw a corner piece, right, left corner. Right. My best ball that I throw has always been in my life at the right corner pin. I might miss the right corner a lot, but I'm just saying the ball I throw at the right. There's so many times I've been throwing at the right corner, and I was like, "Damn, I wish that was on the middle. I would have liked to see the pin splash on that because that ball was the one I wanted. It had the right rotation, the right you know roll." Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> so you get the same feeling Blair Pizzi does when he misses the middle. He's like, "Oh, if I hit the middle, that was a bomb." That would have been good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely finger <Yeah>. point. <laughs> hey, Lenny, what, what's the, you travel quite a bit to, to smaller tournaments as well, and uh, we see up at Sherwood Park all, all the time, even for you know just the, the $20, $30 tournaments. Uh, just interested, uh, what, what's the motivation for, for you uh, to, to come out to those small tournaments? Um, well, to be perfectly honest, I just, you know, Tracy and I moved here now. We've been here about 20, 25 years in Cut Knife. Um, like I said, we got a bowling alley now in Cut Knife, but there's just there's just not a lot of competitive play. It just ain't. And um, I did. I used to think, oh, that's not going to affect you. You, you'll, you'll stay sharp. You just don't. You don't stay sharp when you don't throw meaningful balls. And we have we have a very short season here. Like you know, our bowling season's 18 weeks. Like you know, um, usually usually our bowling season, uh, the first week of bowling here starts when your guys' uh, TPC's on. That's when our first week of bowling is. And uh, usually when Regina's on, we're going in, we're just finishing our league and we're getting ready to start to play playoffs. So you don't have a long season. So you can do, I can do all the practicing I want. I've got, I can get a key to the bowling alley, walk in there and practice. But I'm saying practice ain't the same as throwing a meaningful ball. So every now and then you just need to throw some meaningful balls. It used to be a lot simpler uh, bowling in the city, bowling in the major league. Uh, being able to side bet guys every night, and you, you're you're always staying sharp because you've always got meaningful balls. When you go a whole season, you never throw a meaningful ball, then all of a sudden you get to a tournament and it counts. It takes a while to get used to that feeling and, and to learn how to control it again. Yeah. So yeah, I try and play as many little events as I can. And now it's really it's a lot easier now that like I said now that you got kids that are interested in the game and she wants to play as much as you can. I'll be like, yeah, let's go play this tournament. There's a pins over average tournament. There's a scratch side, and let's go play. Really enjoy getting to be able to go out and you know play with uh, her or playing with other kids from the community or bringing guys along. Like, yeah, you're, you're honestly you're so good for that land. And like, I don't know if you realize how like great that mentorship is, but uh, what you do with the kids is fantastic. It was awesome that year that you you brought Blake out to absolutely everything, um, and it, it was so good to see. And I'm I'm sure he made a ton of connections, um, and and certainly helped him along his way, but there's not a lot of people that put the, that amount of commitment into it and uh, kudos to you for doing that. That's but it's, awesome. e it's easy to go up. Like it's easy to do stuff like that when you see somebody that's uh, kind of got the, got the bug for the game and, and, you know, mm -hmm. the love of the game and whatnot. Um, you know, I just I can't believe they, they trusted you to put him in the car with you or something. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, is is yeah. this kid ever coming back? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, That's right. Yeah. No, so, no, 
Absolutely awesome. Yeah, it's super cool to see. I'm sure he really appreciates it. Oh, he's yeah, he's a he's a good kid, and it's that that's just the thing though. I you have to. Uh, I enjoy just well, if you're driving a tournament, you must as well have somebody to talk to. But I, you know, you enjoy uh, trying to just get into their heads and see what 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 they're thinking at what time when they're throwing. And you know, the real thing is is trying to trying to teach them that you know, uh, it's you know, the competition level is so much different. You might be you might be. Uh, you know, the big kid on the block in, in a little town, and then all of a sudden you go to a city, and like, wow, then you all of a sudden you go from YBC into the tour, and it's such a jump, and you just, you know, just have to, the biggest thing is trying to, you try and get them a little bit of a, go over some uh, speed bumps that you had to go through. You start telling them, you know, the big thing is, I find so many kids, they, they're so, they're good enough, but in their head, they're so, uh, what's the word I want to use? They're so worried about that they don't belong or that they're worried that others think they don't belong, that they're doing everything they can to try and show they belong rather than just go there. And I was like, you got to really learn how to, you know what, you're here, you paid your money, you're as much as do as anybody else, don't try and impress anyone. Absolutely. You know? And soon as it's, it's an easy thing to say, easy concept to say, but once you actually grasp that concept, the tournaments become so much easier, just so yeah. much easier. Yeah, it's a big learning curve, especially for those players coming fresh out of YBC and all of a sudden you, you show up at the TPC and there's a 200 and some entries and it it gets a little demoralizing if you're uh -huh. if you're 70th or 100th after after your tournament. But the more you play, the more you understand, the more comfortable you get and it, it comes along. And like we've always said on these podcasts, when once you make that first cut, like it becomes a lot easier, right? Like, you know, I, I was always – one of the things that impressed me the most about bowling was my brother. Like, he started bowling. He was terrible. But then he just he just decided that he liked the game, and he said, I'm going to get better. And uh, he started bowling, I think, his first year, you know, second year he bowled, and then his third year he decided he was going to get better. Joined 11 leagues that year. <laughs> oh, 11 man. leagues. He bowled on Monday night. Seven and nine, Tuesday night, seven and nine, did all five days and then decided to have uh, a join a Sunday night. League. He was into bowling and he had entered the open and finished dead last. Entered the open, finished dead last. Did that about three years in a row, didn't make the open for about five. Then he went and made the open, won it. And then he was, I think, 10 years in a row, not only on the team, I think he was singles. You know, it was definitely on the men's team. For, like I said, yeah, he, he, Thought he had to get better, knew what he had to do, practice, and he did it and got better. But nowadays, you just you don't see that lots of times. You'll see somebody bowl and one or two cracks, and they oh, it didn't work. It's not working for me, and then they just give up. It, it, it it's huge, especially the kids out of YBC, right? I mean, the problem now is what I think is the the pool is, is shrunk so much in in the YBC program, right? Where um, there's a lot of success with that with a small pool, right? Where I think where they come out on tour or they play like their cash events or their opens and their masters and they might not have that success right away that they get the third real, really fast. Right. And, and I think, I think the tour and I think those other people that have mentored them, I think they kept them grounded and, and positive, but it's so tough land. Right. I mean, like you see a lot of deterring from it. Right. And um, I don't know how you, I don't know how we uh, keep them keep them involved. I mean, as much as we try to be, stay positive, right. It's just a tough, tough thing for us to do. Right. Yeah. Like, you know, there's uh, I, I often think you gotta, 
look for the look for the bright sides where you can get them. Like I, I just find like lots of times those kids that live in. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna speak now from somebody from Saskatchewan and not from you know, but uh, yep. kids that live in the cities, kids that live in uh, Saskatoon and the Regina's, they go up, they go through YBC. If they become decent bowlers, they never learn how to lose. They just win all the time. They don't know how to lose. A lot tougher for them coming out and coming into the adult ranks and then getting beat up on. They never they've never had to deal with losses their whole life, and all of a sudden they you know, and lots of times those seem to be the kids that. Might not hang around, and yeah. I, I think to be honest, it helps just getting beat up and saying, "Nope, I'm, I've got this. I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better." And I said, "I, I could win. I could live another five years and win everything I enter, and I'll still be ten losses for every every win. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're going to lose way more than you're going to win. You got to learn to let it let it fall off your back mm -hmm. and go again." Best best thing I ever happened to me, and I hate saying it is. Uh, we grew up a lot and our program was pretty successful growing up. We had a lot of good core players we had. And uh, the one year how it worked out, we had a trial for singles. I made the wrap out of singles. I lost singles. Um, I shot a 400. We almost averaged 300 and I lost just that year. And I had to go watch Dexter at nationals. Right. But um, it was probably the best, like probably best thing could have happened to me because I lost. I learned, I learned how to lose. I, I played well, but I lost. And um, it, I probably prepared myself as an as a individual bowler for my adult career better than I ever could have if I just played teams for the rest of my life, right? So um, I still got my ass kicked for many years before I made something else. But at, le at least I had that experience for a while, and I, was, I understood what, what it took to take to the next level, right? But, um, yeah. Well, you use it as motivation, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I used the 2016 Masters Silver as motivation for 20, uh, 2019 Masters Silvers too. So I'm still working on that, but uh, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. You should take those medals home and get them bronze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gold gold plate them. Yeah, Lenny, they're, they're in a shoebox. Yeah, they're, they're, not, they're not going anywhere. <laughs> With everybody else's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they're in a shoebox. So we do have a more pressing question. I'm sure the audience wants to know. Lenny, how does it feel throwing with the wrong hand? I don't know. Uh, you guys, uh, that's you've got four guys here that can tell me about it. <laughs> that was fair. That was fair. Yeah, no, uh, I, uh, the, thing that I, the thing that I wish we had more of, and I understand it, I, 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 lo you know, I love the fact that our little bowling alley has wood lanes. Love it. I love wood lanes over synthetics, but uh, I really love free fall over strings, and I realize it'll never come to actual. Well, throwing free fall was so much more enjoyable. Like, just, yeah. It's so enjoyable. Not for my speed. No, I don't imagine it would be, you know. No. You know and what? I, I only got to play two games ever on free fall. It happened to be in Rossmere at, at Nationals, and I lit it up. So I don't know what this speed thing is a problem. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I found anyways, is that it's the whole problem is uh, trying to figure out what the pop is. People think that the pocket is half the head, and not even close. In in in, uh, in it's the beak, it's the nuts, right on the nose or right thin. Like go really thick or go really thin. But yeah, the safer shot for me is right on the nose. And I've always I learned how to play in free fall. I've always believed in that right on the nose. And you know, I I, I go for the nose if I'm got a chop, we're going right for the nose of the three pin. And I, I never worried about it. If I punched it out, I'm going to get the kickback. I'll get whatever. You know, I always thought that when I was playing free fall. 
then you go to scrimmage like wow this is so different you know um yeah. you're playing free fall it's definitely uh almost i guess more like dancing it's more about getting that rhythm and timing not throwing hard you don't ever want to you don't ever want to overpower the pins but all of a sudden you get there and you start realizing on string it's like yeah speed really does help and it's you know um you don't need it all the time but it definitely is an asset if you can throw harder um i like i like more of the uh i think it's more of a challenge for me to to sit back and say let, let, let's find that comfortable speed now let's just keep it at this exact same speed not hard not slow and in between there and yeah i don't know i i found it much more challenge more more challenge to the game when it was free fall but a lot more enjoyable too so, mm -hmm. so lenny um playing back day did you play on a lot of wood pins i don't think so but i no. I, I really don't know I, I know the one year I know the one year he brought in some wood pins and minto and I don't think he kept them for too many years so I know I have played on wood pins but uh, I don't know what I, I'm sure they were all what they are now I don't know if they you know what I played on didn't really pay attention for me I I, I didn't worry about what the pins were type of thing you know. right. <laughs> I don't know where that sound came from but that was, that was louder than outside usual your, <laughs> outside your window there Lenny yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's no way. There'd be a horse and buggy pulling up on it. It doesn't make that noise. <laughs> do uh, do you have any questions or topics for us, Lenny? Um, well, I guess I, I had so many when I was thinking, but now that you know, now that you put me on the spot here, I'm to, like, I always I always ask people, and, and I you know they, I guess when I ask them that, they think that I'm. Um, I'm trying to get something to hold over them or, you know, I always ask people, what's your biggest choke? Cause I know it. There's not a chance. I believe nobody doesn't choke. And mm -hmm. I always get kicked. Like, I don't mind saying when I absolutely, you know, I remember uh, I had this conversation with Robert Shannis and I remember that was, might've even been the same tournament, same year when I told you, I really, uh, I, against Tom Stevenson, I did nothing. And Rob Shannis had the exact same thing happen. He, he pitched to the right side three times in a row to lose a match he said just needed to hit a pin and he goes and my last shot i even he goes i even he goes my second shot i didn't go i just missed the head pin he said my second shot i was going for the head pin but the same shot he goes because i was throwing good just missed again he goes so the third shot he goes okay i'll go for the three pin he goes i was going for the three pin he goes and i slowed that ball down and it just cut on me he said and it did the same thing and i'm like yeah and we laugh about it and i i just yeah i just think it's a good sign when you can be self-deprecating and yeah. Real laugh at what you did, what you lost, you know. Um, mm -hmm. See, everybody, when I grew up, all the people talk about my brother, my older brother, and they said, well, you got to be more like him. That guy can really, really, he, he's so much more mild-mannered than me. And, oh, he can take a loss and everything. And I'm like, yeah, you don't know him. He, He's all <laughs> nice and that. He doesn't take a loss. Well, you know, he loses something. He, he won't sleep that night. He'll just be up. It'll bug him. And I'm like, I lose. I get mad. Five seconds. It's over move on let's go you know i, I it's like water up I, i'm way more animated on the lanes than he is uh, but i said but i don't i don't take losses individual lot but i do i i i have losses that haunt me when it's like stuff like i said like that cbc shift where it's like there's no reason to lose that there's just no reason you just you know but other than that a loss and, and in <laughs> fact you learn eventually as you get older it was really embarrassing really really how could you do that those are what you remember and those you know, you can't laugh at yourself. It's going to be a tough life, you know. 
We uh, it, it, it reminds me of a. Uh, I, I don't want to bring this up to make fun of Mark Miller, but we we always have, we always bring up the the 2014 Masters, and uh, he he didn't go pitch pitch, but he went uh, five, and I, then he then he threw it on the side. So he we went right side, I believe, right, Kerry. He went yeah. through the and ten five, and he went and he threw yeah. it through the hole with, and then he looked at us. He doesn't look at the score, and he's like, "What what do I need?" He's playing Trevor Cook. We're at Coronation. And Winnipeg, he's like, I just hit, just throw it in the wood, right? And he so he's okay. So he threw it in the wood. And it was a left deuce. And he comes back. He's like, yes, he yeah. won his point. And he's like, no, you tied. So, <laughs> from, so from then on, so from then on, we had to say how many points you needed because you, you think you're not aiming for the left deuce. You're aiming for like the three two or something, right? Yeah. 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 So, so. We all had a good laugh. Um, yeah. Lynn, didn't, Lynn didn't have a good laugh, but we all had, all, we all had a good laugh. <laughs> yeah, the thing, is, the thing is, I'm sure Lynn had a good laugh, just not at that moment. No, no, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he had a good I'm laugh. I'm sure right now he's chuckling to himself right now about that. Uh, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe on the bus ride from the bowling alley. Not Definitely not after that match, that's for sure. No, no. Yeah, that was, that's a classic moment that we'll always – Keep uh, and unfortunately for Mark Miller, he's uh, done a couple of those. So hopefully he bounces back and forgets those. We'll keep bringing him up just to remind him. <laughs> like I know, I know. The very first time I went to a Masters Nationals, the very first time, and I was warming up, and I had never been to a Nationals because I never did anything in YBC. And I just remember being walking in there and thinking, "This is going to sound this well. It is. It's going to sound terrible because I guess I am a terrible person." But I remember walking in there thinking to myself. I was expecting to see 70 Bruce Mortars. I was expecting to see people that could just rifle ball, you know. And I looked around and I was thinking, I was like, this is it? <laughs> the Nationals? Oh, my God. You know, and I just thought to myself, this is going to be. Obviously, I, it's not that I'm worried about now that I don't belong. I can compete with these people. You know, I was just fine. And my first match, I played a guy and he uh, went up there and he went, I think he went gutter ball, then like right, right deuce, left three pin. And I remember looking over at, I think it was Brian Earl or whoever on my team. And I looked over and said, oh my God, why I lose to this fella? <laughs> End of the match, you know, it was 198 to about 195 or whatever. But he beat me. Don't ever think it's going to be you know, so yeah. Yeah, I just remember thinking that when I said, I can't, well, thank God I'm playing this fella. And yeah, he's he <laughs> Probably sobered you up quick, though. <laughs> Get yeah. you back on the right track. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That good old karma thing. Yeah, she, uh, she's, she's always dressed and ready to go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so is there one last topic we want to talk about? Anybody got a got something good, or are we really reeling this podcast in? You have any more stories, Lenny? Um, I've always got always stories. It's just a matter of how many of them can be appropriate, you know. Um, no censorship. You know actually, actually, if you wanted to tell, you know, you were saying before about what you're uh, uh, a bowling thing that there is one thing that I was proud of, and it was still a loss, but it was uh, in uh, Newfoundland in my. Uh, uh, I was playing the Masters, uh, playing the Masters singles, and uh, started that first day. You know, you play seven matches, and I had seven losses. And uh, I started out the next day and lost my first two. 
and I was playing in the gold medal match that year. Wow! Wow! Yeah, I. Oh uh, and nine. That that's when Steve Greensides was, and I remember I was zero and seven, and he was seven and zero, and then I lost. And I remember then he he was end up being ten and zero, and I just remember I looked over and I just I told Tracy said, I just need him to keep winning, as long as he keeps beating up the field, I'm not dead yet. And it was the type of thing where I think I ended up being my record was like eleven and ten, something like that, you know, just. But I end up being, I don't even know if I was in a tie for third or if I got third by myself. But yeah, and I said, and then, and then I probably, I probably, you know, he was, had the better week. Obviously he was bowling great, but I had a chance to beat him. I probably should have beat him. Like the first game, you know, how the Masters, it's always just two or three. Yeah. Um, the first game, um, he was done. I was up there and I think I needed like 20 or 25 to beat him. Got a corner pin, didn't spare it. Jesus, get that one, get away. Okay, next game, I'm playing him, and uh, it was coming down to the 10th frame, and I think I might have needed like 35, 38, I don't know what it was. It just threw two bombs, just boom, boom. The third ball, it left my hand. I just threw it, left my hand, and as soon as it left my hand, I reached down, and I pulled off my shoe, and I threw it away. <laughs> I, I punched the three-pin. I knew as soon as I left my hand, I was like, oh, my God, you just did that, you know, and yeah, so I got end up getting second. I was happy with second, but based on the way the week went. But I said I very easily could have won that. I just, you know, I just didn't. But he de he definitely deserved it. He was way better all week. Um, yeah. He was, you know, I think he might have. He was averaging three hundred for the longest time. I don't know why he ended up averaging. And I remember that year, the only adjustment I made is I don't know what it was, but I just and nothing was working. And I just said, what the heck with that? let's pretend you're throwing free fall. So I just started throwing my ball and I said, pretend you're on a free fall rather than thing. And everything just started falling into place. And, you know, that's the one thing. I struggle lots. I struggle lots. But when I find it, I'm not one that usually worries about when I found it. Oh, I'm going to lose it. When I find it, I'm like, yeah, you got this now. And now you can go and keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. So we do have a question from the audience here. Um, Sean, we're going to answer the first part of your question because uh, we already answered the second part of your question, or at least Lenny did. But the uh, first part of the question is, if you could pick one player to throw a strike for a million dollars and it can't be you, who would you pick? Uh, probably the one person that I would pick, and that's, you know, when they were throwing their ball in their prime, for me it would have been the Mark Swatsky. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his ball, his ball just had so much turn on it that it, it was not going to be, you know, if – if he got it there, it was going to go. Like he, he had he had a lot of rotation on that there. Yeah. yeah, for sure. We'll, we'll go around the horn on this one. Dexter, who would you pick? And this would be at their prime, obviously. Uh, I mean, it's way too easy of an answer, but it's impossible for me not to say Bruce. Yeah. Played with him lots and watched him do it lots. Yeah, like on the same question, if it was a if it was a one match thing, and you said who did you want to have that one match, the person I would pick would be Mark Jackson. Right. If it was a one game and it was a match. I trust him for that game because, I, like I said, he just would find a way to make it work. But you know. mm -hmm. yeah, to me, uh, uh, <laughs> I am torn. I'm torn. I, I would say, I would probably. I uh, I've bowled. I probably would say Adam right now. I would say Adam. I would probably put Adam in there. Yeah, I haven't seen Gino in his prime. I I seen old Gino. I know he's watching old Gino, 
Um, <laughs> but but if Gino if Gino was pissed off in a heartbeat, I would I would pick Gino if he was pissed off in a heartbeat. Yeah. Angry yeah. Gino is tough to beat for sure. Yeah. So Gino, you suck. So <laughs> <laughs> and you, and you're not good anymore. So <laughs> I don't know if I pick Gino for one ball to need a strike just because when Gino beats people, he just usually beats them up. But he doesn't need that. He never comes down to that last ball for Gino. He, <laughs> no. He has he has you done long before it ever comes to that last ball. <laughs> Adam. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn. There, there's two people that, that come to mind. Uh, one that I didn't see throw that ball enough uh, was Doug McCaw. Uh, but I know Dougie in that particular moment, especially big dollar moment, uh, was always money. Uh, right now, it might be Brad Mullins. No, I, 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 I think I throw Brad uh, at the top of that list. Uh, he easily could be Gino, but uh, for the same reason Lenny was saying, yeah, it's it's usually over. Or uh, he's he's not very good that match. So yeah. I say Brad Mullins. I think um, just going through all the provincials at the Open. So obviously this is going to be biased because there's lots of players across the country that you know probably are going to throw that strike. But mine would be between Adam and Schultz. I've never seen more people anchor a team and throw bang out ten when the team needed it. It's true, and and I've been on those teams, right? I've been, I like I said, I have never had to play anchor or never been there because I, those two always played anchor for us, right? So yeah, yeah. Matt is a good pick, Kerry. He's a very good pick. You know, I've gone on that same thing because this is going to go off of you know a team that never won, but I've always said I've you know I only got to play with them two or three times, and it's you know it's not like he's won a lot of singles events or anything like that. But for throwing a ball in the tent, like if I'm playing on a team and I got my choice of everybody, the guy that I want uh, throw an anchor for me is Brad Holfield. Yeah, I uh, really enjoy playing with Brad Holfield, and I like when when he's throwing anchor, I want to be throwing fourth. I just like it's me. It's like I just want to set this up so he has a chance. Because if he has a chance, he's going to bring it home. And he did it so many times for us. He just he's very clutch. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's for sure. Uh, lucky enough to play with Holefield uh, through the last couple of years of my YBC career, and then a um, few few times early in the adult ranks. Um, do you know if he's going to be coming back and playing Lenny, or is he kind of hung um, up his shoes? I, I, well, I don't think he's hung up his shoes, but I just think it's that whole thing when you start getting a young family, it's just other priorities. I'm sure he's going to come back. I just don't know when. Yeah, he's a I, great always, guy. I usually try and give him a. Uh, phone call or a text every year to see if he's going to come back and play the open this year or whatever. But yeah, you know, and you know, obviously haven't seen him out for the last two or three years, but I'm hoping he comes back. But yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he, he's a great, great shooter when it comes to, uh, and, and like, I really don't care. I don't care if he's got 170 for that game. It's just that when it comes down to needing to finish that 10th frame, he does. That's why I said when I was playing, it wasn't just enjoyable because I'm like, all I had to do is set it up so he has a chance. That's all I kept on saying. Just give it a chance. That's hmm. awesome. Perfect. Well, I think that's a good spot to wrap this up. Um, so, Lenny, you're more than welcome to stay on for a few minutes after and shoot the crap or whatever you want to do. Um, I just want to thank you. Thank you for joining us. Um, yeah. This is the 66th podcast. I still can't believe we have over 50 people watching every week. Um, I can't believe we didn't wait like another insane. three episodes for Lenny. <laughs> oh, that would have been perfect. <laughs> we, we really missed that one. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Len.
Thank Thanks you so much. Really appreciate yeah. it.